morning's uh, readings are from the Psalms. Psalm 1 is uh, Psalm 1 and 2. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Continuing on in Psalm 119, verses 1 and 2 and 3. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. Well, welcome and hello, church family. I'm not going to make you do it again because I'm going to make you do something a little bit later. My name is John Wojnicki. If you don't know me, I'm an elder here at Valley Center Community Church. I'm also the director of Adult Sunday School. Uh, But just real quick, how many people have ever been to an Adult Sunday School? Okay, well, very good, good. I want you to listen closely today as we go through what we're going to go through because I'm going to invite you to do that. Uh, as a regular practice, as a new habit for 2023. In fact, I'm, I'm really excited to be here with you uh, for 2023 as it uh, last night blew into town, didn't it? Uh, did anybody hear the rain? Anybody get up? Uh, anybody think that things were going strange in their household because of all of that? Uh, you know, when we start a new year, it's, it's often a time to, to look at what we did last year and and consider changes for the following year. Um, You you know, we're all on a a path of life. And and the question for today is, when was the last time you ever really considered the path that you're on? The the new year is 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 a great time to reflect on where we've been and where we're going. It's, It's a lot like our new life in Christ. Uh, old things have gone, new things have come. Uh, it, it's about fresh starts and forgiveness. Uh, today we're going to take a look and we're going to address uh, this path called life that we're all on together. I, I, I'm going to like us to consider um, the path we're on and, and, and this morning we're going to do so from a, a, a text of scripture that's, that's one of my favorites. It's from uh, Proverbs 4, 18. It, it goes like this. The path of the righteous, the path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. What a, a wonderful word picture this verse is for us, particularly in light of starting a new year like 2023. It's a picture of clarity to see and confidence to know where we are headed. The path of the righteous are five words that tell us at least two important things about who these righteous are and how they live their lives. But to start today, I'd like to tell you about an event in my life that will lay a foundation of thought regarding the attitudes, and the actions of the righteous. But before I do, I'd I'd like to ask the Lord's favor on our time. So would you join me as I pray? Oh, Heavenly Father, 
We just are ever grateful for your grace and kindness in our lives. Uh, this morning, I pray that you uh, protect my lips and cause me to speak only those things that concur with the truth of your word, but that your Holy Spirit would stir in the hearts and minds of us all here, and that as we look at your word, um, we would absorb it into who we are, and it would move us to then, Lord, live lives that glorify you. And so I pray this in Christ's holy name, amen and amen. Well, this event in my life that I'd like to tell you about um, has to do with the first time that I ever rode a train. And it resulted in my first encounter with jail. I was 12 years old. You see, uh, when I was growing up, I lived in a suburb of uh, Chicago, Illinois, a town called Lombard. And uh, Lombard was a small town that was connected by, to Chicago by a set of train tracks that went to the western suburbs. Uh, we were about 20 miles from Chicago, and these train tracks had both commuter and commercial trains on them. And um, my friend Melvin and I would often get on our bikes and ride into town from where we were. Now, back in those days, your parents didn't really care where you were or what you did. They just wanted you out of the house. And uh, so Melvin and I, this particular day, got on our bikes, rode them into town, and we did something that we did from time to time. We went to play by the train tracks. Now, there's probably some moms here that are wanting to hold their children's ears. We don't want you children to go play at the train tracks these days. But back then, it was a thing to do for 12-year-old boys. And what we used to do is we used to put coins and bottle caps, sometimes frogs and dead rodents, on the tracks <laughs> and watch what would happen after the train came by and, and rode over them. It was, uh, it was the kind of thing that you did to, to spend time as a 12-year-old boy. And this particular day, Melvin and I had just done that. We had put some things on the tracks, and we were starting to back away from the tracks, waiting for the commercial uh, train to come through town. It normally sped right through town. But this particular day, it slowed down coming into town. It was surprising for us. It slowed down to the point where it actually stopped right in front of us. And when it stopped, this is the kind of train that was there. It was one of the boxcar trains. And you'll notice on the, this right side of the train a, a ladder. And this particular day, two boxcars were back to back. One had a ladder on the back side and one had a ladder on the front side. So they were like together. Well, guess what? I was standing in front of one and Melvin was standing in front of the other. I looked at him. He looked at me. And we started to climb. We got on that train. We climbed up the rungs. No sooner had we got on the train that it started to move again. Uh, well, that was kind of a, 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 a sense of glee for us. I looked at Melvin, and he was smiling. And we're going we're gonna to go for a ride. And so we started to slowly ride out of town. But before we could get off of the train, it almost immediately began to speed up. And that glee that we had for this little ride turned into concern as it started to bolt out of town. Well, we grabbed a hold of the rungs of the ladder and we held on tight. We had no idea where we were going or whether this was ever going to end. And as we moved out of town, 
we were heading towards the next town called Glen Ellen. Glen Ellen was about four or five miles away, but between Glen Ellen and Lombard was a forest preserve. And as we moved into that forest preserve, apparently nobody had ever trimmed the trees. <laughs> so as we're bowling out of town, these trees are slapping us on the back and the legs and hitting us. We had all we could do to pull us into the train and stick our heads inside the rung of the ladder. Our glee went to glum real quick, and it wasn't too long before we began to get really concerned about what was going to happen. Well, only four or five miles. It was probably seven or eight minutes. We thought it was an eternity. That grip, that death grip we had on that rail, we couldn't jump off at any point in time. We were going too fast. The, the geography around the track was impossible to do that. But just about at our most desperate moment, the train started to slow. We looked and we could see the, the daylight out of the forest preserve heading into Glen Ellen, moving quickly or moving slowly towards the, the, the uh, train station at Glen Ellen. We began to breathe a little bit at that point in time. And sure enough, as we got into Glen Ellen, the train stopped. And at that point in time, Melvin looked at me and I looked at him and we decided, let's get off this thing. So we both climbed down and as we turned around to walk away, there we were greeted by a Glen Ellen police officer. How is it that the law always finds you out? It's kind of a biblical truth, isn't it? Well, there he was leaning against his his police car with one of those half smirks, half snarl looks on his face. And he says to us, boys, you're going for a ride? And then he said, you know, what you just did was illegal. And he grabbed us, he took us, he put us in the back seat of his police car, he flipped on the lights, and I think that was just for effect. And he drove us off to the Glen Ellen police station. When we got out of the car, he took us to the booking room. And there we stood amongst all the other officers, and he was asking us questions, getting our information, our name, our address, the telephone number. And after he had all that information, he took the both of us into this room that was just outside where all the jail cells were. And we sat in that room. And as we sat in that room, they would parade past us, actual criminals that were handcuffed, ready to go to court. And as each one passed by us, they looked at us with a certain look that I can remember to this day. It was like, what are you doing here? Well, it seemed like we were there for probably an hour, hour and a half. It was probably only maybe 30 minutes or so. When he came back in and he said, there's somebody here for you, and he took us back out to the booking room, and unfortunately for me, it was my mother. Well, actually, it was fortunate that it was my mother, because if it had been my father, I wouldn't be talking to you here today. <laughs> well, my mom did what all moms do in those situations. She started in on me. And she started in on me, and she, as she was, as she was giving it to me, she asked me two questions that I will never forget. The first question was this. Maybe, maybe you moms know what it is already. 
What do you think the first question my mom asked me was? Right? You can, uh, despite what Dave said, you can, you can offer an answer. My mom, what on earth were you thinking? Well, quite frankly, I thought that was a silly question because what do, po- do any 12-year-old boys think at all? But the second question was a lot like the first question. What was your plan? As if we had purpose to do this. You see, in one sense, these are both very good questions. Particularly for the circumstances that we were in. But actually, they're good questions for us all today. Especially in our desire for a fresh start as we step into the new year. Church family, what are you thinking? Do you have a plan that you live your life by? So what I'd like to do is revisit our text and consider what it tells us about the righteous. And in doing so, Can we consider ourselves on what it tells us about them? But the first thing we probably need to do is we need to define who the righteous are. The righteous are not, this is not sinless perfection. Rather, a lifestyle, a pattern of living. That is, in each area of life, growing into conformity to God's Word. It begins by faith in Christ and is a positional description of one who, by faith, is in right standing with God. This is you and this is me if we have confessed Christ as our Lord. And this is evident... And how the righteous think, the way they walk, the way they talk, and with whom they do both. And just as a side note, if, uh, if there are families here who, who would like to do a little Bible study as a family together, Proverbs chapter 10, 11, and 12 are a great text to study as a family together on the contrast between the righteous and the wicked. It's a a great set of verses that show us what the righteous are and do as it relates to those who do not live according to God's word. I might suggest that if you are looking for something to do as a family, you might want to take a look at those three chapters. You see, unlike the 12-year-old me, the righteous are thinking. They are walking with spiritual purpose. So let's consider our own pattern of living as we look at this first act of thinking. And then later we'll look at this walking with spiritual purpose. You see, the righteous are called righteous because they are constantly considering God by the knowledge of his word. Yes, they are thinking. They're thinking 
about God. And we see when and how often from the psalmist in the text that Bill just read. Psalm 1, 1 and 2. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates, how often? Day and night. Now, a couple of things. Did you notice where the righteous are not? And did you notice how often they muse about God? They're not with the world. That is, they're not where they get input for living from sinners and scoffers and the wicked. Instead, they are absorbing God's word. This is a, a moment for us to kind of pause about the, the age that we live in. I, I don't know if you know this, but we're in what they call the electronic age. If you were born before 1972, you're what we call an analog baby. Uh, the signal was a radio airwave signal. The, the, the signals we get today are digital signals. What does that mean? Well, that means we're controlled by our electronic devices. That's what that means. Let's be honest. Our electronic devices control us. Quite frankly, we even fidget if it doesn't do something within a 30-second period. Have you ever caught yourself looking at your phone wondering why it's not talking to you? They control what we are thinking, even what we say. Sometimes you need to take a moment and listen to what it is you, you are regurgitating. Are you regurgitating the Word of God or the world? I'd like to have a little fun with this. See, I'm a little, I'm an interactive participatory guy. Um, Usually you're, you're not supposed, usually you're not supposed to pull out your Bible. But you know what? Here's, what? here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you, everybody to grab their Bible and their phone. One in one hand and one in the other. And here's how this is going to work. I'm going to read a series of questions. And then what you're going to do is you're going to give me your answer by raising your phone or your Bible. Now. I can already see this beginning to make a few of you a little uneasy. And, and I, I'm just wondering how many of you would actually participate in this, you know. So, so here's what you can do. If you don't want to participate in this, you can just put a B, right, a B on your piece of paper, your note paper there for Bible, or P for phone. And then when I go through the question, you just check which one you would have raised your hand for on in case you don't want to do this. But, but these, these are interesting questions for us to consider in this day and age. Are you ready? Here's question number one. Remember, this is about phone or Bible. Which one, you know, phone or Bible, do you know better? Okay. Which one 
is first for you each day. Which one is last each night? Uh, there's going to be no flunking here, okay? All right. All right. Which one are you in constant contact with? And so now, the final two questions, they're not Jeopardy questions, by the way, but they're heart questions. They're heart questions. Which one would you grieve more over if you lost it? And then the last question, really now, which one is most important to you? Church family, these questions remind us that we need to take our minds off of automatic and put them on manual. We need to stop letting the world and our worldly devices control us. Our attitudes and actions are controlled by our current dominant thoughts. So we need to ask ourselves, are our thoughts controlled by God's word or worldly devices? The truth is seen in our walk. And how do the righteous walk? Well, as we see here in God's word, it dominates their thoughts. And that thinking moves them to walk with spiritual purpose. Not walking with the wicked sinners and scoffers. So the question is, is this us? It can be. The second thing these five words tell us is that the righteous are called righteous because they walk in his ways. It is their pathway of life. The psalmist tells us in God's word that it is a lamp unto his feet, a light unto his path. As the righteous, we should walk with spiritual purpose. It is the path of our life. And we see this clearly in our second scripture reading, Psalm 119, verses 1 through 3. How blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. How blessed are those who observe his testimonies, who seek him with all their heart. They also do no unrighteousness. They walk in his ways. Again, this is not perfection. Rather, a spiritual purposing. The path of the righteous indicates they are actually going somewhere. And, and this reminds me of uh, the little boy who kept falling out of bed at night. Let's call him Mikey. Are you going to raise your hand, Mikey? Oh, look at there's a bunch of Mikeys. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is how it worked. 
Uh, one night, mom and dad hear the thud in the bedroom. They run in. They see Mikey on the floor. He fell out of his bed. You know, he's a little groggy. They pick Mikey up. They put him back in bed. He goes to sleep. Everything's fine. About a day or two later, boom, they hear the thud again. Mikey falls out of his bed, put him back in. This happens three or four more times until finally Mikey's dad says to him, Mikey, why is it that you keep falling out of your bed? He thinks for a moment and he turns to his dad and he says, I, I think it's because I stayed too close to where I got in. Now think about that. For some of us, there is just no action to our spiritual life. We have not done much of anything after salvation, after we got in. For others, you may have found that you just stopped doing this past year. In either case, as the righteous, that is not what we are called to do. Again, the new year is a perfect time for generating momentum. A momentum in your spiritual life. And in a moment, I'm going to give you a way to trigger movement towards doing so. In observing the righteous, we see they are thinking and are walking with spiritual purpose. It is time for us to consider how we should do likewise. And to that end, there is an encouraging aspect of the short text that can be sometimes overlooked. It's something that is really good news for us all. It involves the father of forgiveness and fresh starts. As we learned this Christmas, his name is Emmanuel, God with us. You see, the righteous know God walks with them, thus giving clarity and direction for their life. They walk in the presence of God. He is the source of that first gleam of dawn that shines ever brighter till the full light of day. Church family, our encouragement for 2023 is to walk in peace, comfort, and joy because we know his presence is with us. Amen? Amen. Peace from right thinking, comfort from right doing, joy as you rightly follow his guidance in your life. Forgiveness and fresh starts are God's specialty. Old things are past. He is the newness of life. We are to live with spiritual purpose. That purpose is to glorify God by the power and strength he provides. 1 Peter 4.11 If you speak, speak as if the utterances of God. If you serve, serve in the strength that God provides in order that in everything God is glorified through Jesus Christ our Lord. The good news is that we do not do this alone. God is with us, church. 
And as his family, we are to do life together. I'd like to pause for a second and just have you contemplate the path that you're on. Contemplate the life that you have. Are you doing life together? Not with sinners and scoffers, but the saints that sit near you. If this is your desire for 2023, here's my ask. I would like to invite you to join us starting next, next week for a three-week series of a, an adult Sunday school class. You'll notice in your bulletin there's a list of adult Sunday school classes. The first series starting next week at 1045 is called Walking with Spiritual Purpose, Applying Intentionality to Our Christian Life. It's my personal, as Sunday school director, it's my personal invite to you. Look, as a 12-year-old boy, I was without purpose and certainly not thinking. But the path and the purpose of those called righteous is rooted in the transforming power of our faith. And we see this in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, as a charge from the Apostle Paul. It starts out, therefore. What, what does the therefore mean? Well, Paul spends 11 chapters giving us the history of God's plan for salvation. And then he goes into the, the declaration of our righteousness based on faith in Christ. And in this verse, he begins to transition now to how we should live based on that great truth. He says, therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And here's the key. And do not be conformed. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is the will of God, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. You see, Paul exhorts us to live out our life of faith. Because of this great thing God has done for us, we should be moved to exercise our gifts in serving, teaching, leading, giving, exhorting, in showing mercy and love. It is our spiritual purpose. He tells us not to be conformed any longer to our phones but be transformed by our Bibles. So do you, church, live by a plan rooted in the truth of God's Word? I'd like us to remember that our interest in walking with spiritual purpose is kindled by our inputting of God's Word. As we leave today, let's ask ourselves, Am I each day moving according to how God's word is moving in my heart and mind?
Of course, to do so, I must be taking in God's word to make that possible. The best habit-breaking method is a habit-making method. And for help in this, I'd really like you to consider adding the habit of Sunday school to your plan in 2023. May we be a church who walks with spiritual purpose because our hearts are set on him. Not conforming to the input of our phones or electronic devices, but those who are being transformed into spiritual servants by the inputting of his word, that we would be living evidence of his will in our life. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for us. Oh, Heavenly Father, how grateful we are, first of all, for the gift of our salvation. For what you have prepared beforehand that we would walk in because of it. Lord, I, I thank you for every household that is represented here by those that are sitting together. And I pray, pray a blessing on each. I pray, Lord, that your spirit would stir in our hearts and mind and that we would be moved to input additional knowledge of who you are and what you've done so that it moves us in 2023 to walk in a manner worthy of your calling us into your own eternal kingdom. I thank you that we have a place here that we can do worship together. And I pray that we would be then a church that lives life showing love in life to one another. And so, Lord, I thank you again for your grace and your goodness. I thank you for Christ, and it's in his name I pray. Amen and amen.